Radio Drone. All right, it's Radio Drome, and last week we did the Alien Retrospective. This week we're going to be following it up with the logical follow-up, the Predator Retrospective. But before that, Brad, do you know where people can go if they want to get butt toys or anything else while they're watching a Predator movie? Yes, I can. AlienVersusPredator.com. Or AdamandEve.com. I'm not sure if the code will work on AlienVersusPredator.com. But why don't you go to AdamandEve.com and use the promo code DROME to get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free mystery gift, and free U.S. shipping. All for using the promo code DROME at AdamandEve.com. I'm sure Paul W.S. Anderson spends a lot of time there. All right, last week we talked about the Alien movies and Prometheus. We left Aliens vs. Predator out because, well, frankly, there's not a whole lot to say about them good, and we'll wrap those after the Predator films. So, Brad, when did you first encounter 1987's Predator? Next question. <laughs> you know what? You're a dick. <laughs> no, I, it was it was when I was a, it was when I first started getting into action films when I was a kid. Uh, so I would have been fourth grade, probably. That was when I started getting into diehards, which at the time there was the two diehards. The Dirty Harrys, actually, Dirty Harrys, I started watching really young, like when I was about three or four, quite honestly. But stuff like The Terminator, and then along with all that bulk of stuff that I was watching, be whether it was, you know, Commando, Terminator, all the main Arnold ones, uh, somewhere along in there, I had watched Predator. And I remember specifically, it was one where my dad actually had some reservations. <laughs> I remember my dad being kind of like, being kind of like, I, I don't know if you should watch this one. This one's a lot more. People get like sk- skinned alive and stuff. Uh, this one might be a little too graphic or something like that. Keep in mind, we'd watched Commando, where he hacks people's limbs off with items he finds in a tool shed. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, my but my mom was like, he's fine. So <laughs> so my yeah, my dad's like, oh okay, all right, whatever. Watched I watched it then, and I loved the hell out of it. Alex it was first? a much more it was a much more violent it was a much more brutal violent a different kind of Arnold movie. Oh yeah, he was still defining himself. So when was the first time you encountered Predator? I had a babysitter show it to me when it came out on video. That's the first time I saw it. Well, when I was eight, it startled me, but I watched it later when I was older and started getting into Schwarzenegger and action movies and all movies and really enjoyed it then. And see, I, I first. I remember seeing all the previews. I saw the trailer before whatever James Bond movie would have been out around that time. I Living saw the, Daylights. Okay, if, if that's the one, I don't remember. I just My mom took me to see all the James Bond 80, movies. 87, it was Living Daylights. Okay, so I saw the trailer before Living Daylights. I saw the TV spots all the time. I remember it being on the cover of Fangoria, although then it was called Alien Predator, and I did not see it in the theater but I did see it right when it came out on video. The day it came out to video, I was there to rent it because I'd been reading about it for a while. And I have to admit, I didn't like it the first time I saw it. I thought there was not enough aliens. And you know how the first half of the movie is kind of just like a generic war flick? Bugged me as a kid. You got to remember, I'm 12 years old. I thought I was getting a movie about an alien hunting soldiers, not Uh soldiers fighting soldiers. So I was pissed. Yeah, but you got to see Arnold killing a bunch of people. At the time, that didn't make a difference to me. I was pissed. Now I appreciate that first half for the setup that it is. But at age 12, it pissed me off. 
it didn't piss me off. I mean, it was something. That, it was something that I certainly. It was something that I certainly noticed that it took a while for you to actually see the alien, but it didn't bother me. I didn't. I wasn't negative about that. I thought the movie was pretty suspenseful before then, and I really appreciated that buildup. I liked how it really starts out like your, your typical kind of Arnold movie. Really, um, I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing. The first part of it, it's it's it very much is like a commando style Arnold Schwarzenegger film that you would probably see around at the time, and then it you know it drifts into this alien hunter movie where it's picking them off one by one like a slasher film, and it's it was really really cool to me. I thought it mixed, I thought it mixed the uh, the feels of both of those kind of genres really well. And see, yeah, that's I, I what agree I with you now. Now I agree with you. But like mm-hmm. I said, you got to look at the twelve-year-old me. I wanted to see just a monster killing soldiers. I love the way the movie just changes paces like that in the middle. Although when I watched it when I was eight, I didn't care what was going on in the movie though. So I just remember one of the things that really stuck out for me, even the first time I saw it, was just like you pointed out, Brad, how gory it was. Uh-huh. This was one of the goriest war films, for lack of a better way to put it, that I'd seen in a long time. <laughs> Stick around. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking more of the skinned bodies and yeah. it, Blaine's death, even though they cut away from it really fast, yeah, and, yeah. and Bill Duke's death. Yeah. I remember those being quite gory. Mm-hmm. Carl Weathers' arm falling off while still shooting the gun. And the the me of today just goes, oh, God, I can see his real arm under there. It's so fake. (laughs) That's the me of today that does that, though. Yeah, see? You found whole new things to bitch about. Exactly. And for those that don't know, the origin of this movie actually was quite different than the movie we wound up with. For instance, Jean-Claude Van Damme originally played the Predator. Now, you can can answer this for me because I've heard both... I've heard different people say different things. Uh, I mean, I always knew that Van Damme was originally the Predator. Is there any Van Damme footage that's still in the movie? Some sources have said yes, and some have said has said no. Some some have said like, oh, a lot of scenes where he's like invisible walking around. That's Van Damme. But others will say no. And see, I'm gonna have to defer to to the producers. On the documentary that's on the 20th anniversary, 30th anniversary, you know, 25th, whatever anniversary DVD set, they they claim that some of the footage is Van Damme, but they're not sure. That They said it's been so long and just looking at the movie, they think some of those were days that they shot with Van Damme. So there okay. is probably a few scenes of him while he's cloaked that is actually Jean-Claude in the, in the costume. Right on. Like the concept, the old concept art for what they wanted the predator to look like. When it had like when it had that long, elongated head, and it had those huge bug. It, it looked like a big cockroach, yeah. kinda. Yeah, yeah, it looked like a big, uh, like kind of like mantis or something. It, they actually shot a few days with that. There's some footage of it on that DVD I've talked about. There's actually some of the footage, and then they just said it's not working. That this is not working. It completely. The monster itself destroys the tone of the movie. So they're <laughs> like, we need a, a dramatic redesign of this and fast. And get us the guy who played Harry and Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. He was also a couple of aliens in Aliens, and he was a fe- he was one of the Predators in Predator. Or Predator 2, I mean. Do you know, you know what's really funny about him playing a Predator, though? 
He also oh. played essentially the same character in the 1980 movie It Came Without Warning, where he was an alien hunter that came to Earth to hunt humans with throwing weapons and projectile weapons. Yeah, yeah. Sure that wasn't Harry and the Hendersons? No, I've seen that movie. I've seen that. I have it on VHS. It's got David Caruso in it. It's just like Predator, except with David Caruso. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's got Martin Landau, too. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it, actually, it's pretty bad. It's it's not it's not that great of a film, but it's just kind of funny that Kevin Peter Hall would basically play the same character seven years later. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like kind of like fun to me. Oh, it's not. It's, it's fun bad. It's not bad in like oh, it's in like oh man, this is so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, Predator also it was called Alien Predator for the longest time. I, I know by the time the posters and trailers came out, it was just called Predator. But if you go and dig out the old Starlog and Fangoria articles, it was called Alien Predator. I'm not sure if they dropped the alien part to get rid of any confusion with the movie Alien, since Aliens was had just come out at that point, or if they just thought Alien Predator's kind of a stupid title. Yeah, it is a stupid title, but I I would bet you it, it would have to do with the Alien franchise. I, if, if I were to take a guess, that's that's what makes the most sense to me. Predator was a huge hit in theaters, huge hit on video. It really helped cement Arnold's career since he was just really starting out in the movie star area of his career, you know, where he could carry a movie just on his own name. And it uh-huh. really helped cement that, yeah, he could do this. Especially after, because, I mean, you had Terminator, which was a hit. You had Commando, which did really well. But then you had Raw Deal, which I, I like them. I like Raw Deal. I like Raw Deal. The Raw Deal I, was a flop at the box office. Yeah, yeah. Raw Deal. It, it cert, I mean, it, it made its money back because it, it, it was a very inexpensive movie. But it, it, it made its money back, but it was still considered to be a disappointment. Um, and I, I think it's an underrated Arnold movie. But so that was also good. And so Predator was also good in helping Arnold out in that regard, too, was it was a monster hit after Raw Deal was kind of a disappointment. And in a weird way, Predator became like the political movie. You got Arnold becoming governor. You have Jesse Ventura becoming governor. You have Sonny Landum running for governor. It's yeah. like, is the whole cast going to try and run a state at some point? What the hell? <laughs> well, Carl Weathers should run the country. As Action Jackson. As, yes, thank you. I was going to make an Action Jackson joke. <laughs> Th- there were problems on the set. Sonny Landum was actually so out of control the only way that the insurance company would allow him to do the movie is if he he had a bodyguard at all times now not a bodyguard to stop someone from hurting him this was a bodyguard to stop him from hurting other people because he was such a notoriously mean drunk oh wow that he would go out and drink after the after shooting for the day and both to avoid him attacking the cast and crew and to avoid winding up in jail, he basically had a handler that was actually bigger than him. I'm guessing uh, he and Arnold are still friends. He pops up in The Last Stand. Uh, he, 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 yeah, he, he, he turned out to be... I mean, I've always liked him as an actor, even though he basically always plays the same character. But then, I don't know how much we want to bring politics into this, but he's, he's a despicable politician. He's one of the worst kind of extreme Republicans. I, 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 I did hear that he's kind of a, that he, he's like a born again or something like that. You know, that's that's unfortunate, but I still like him as an actor. I, I do, too. So, well, and then, like as we said, Predator was a huge hit. 
And then the franchise, which it wasn't even at this point, lay dormant for a while. There was a couple of comic books that were actually quite popular. The comic books, the the first Predator miniseries for Dark Horse Comics was one of their highest selling books of all time up to that point because they didn't have the Star Wars license yet. I think that showed 20th Century Fox that there's still a market for this this character, if you will, even though it's not the same character. And then in 1990, they made Predator 2, which I think is the best film in the franchise and a tremendously good and underrated film. I hear people talking shit about this movie all the time. You go and read any of the DVD reviews for the Predator 2 DVD, all of them, oh, it's not as good as the first film. Oh, this is a weak movie. I don't think these people saw the same movie I did. I uh, completely agree with you that Predator 2 is very underrated. I I love Predator 2. Now, whether I think it's the best one of the series, I I don't I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I I would probably still go with the first one, but I mean that's not really a slight to Predator 2. Predator 2 is still a great damn movie, and it wasn't really until that's one of those movies that it wasn't really until I got older where I was like, wow, people really didn't like that movie. You know how there's those movies you see when you're younger and they first come out and you really like it a lot, and then you find out when you're older that critically it, critically, and with some audiences it didn't go, really go over that well, and you're sort of like, wow, really? Yeah, because Why? I saw that when I was 15, and all my friends and I, we loved it, and we're like, people didn't like it? Really? Yeah, yeah, and, and I thought it did, one, I thought it did fantastic at not, at, at just, at not just simply doing the first movie again. It's radically different than the first one but still keeping a lot of things that made the first one really good like we were talking about how the first predator blends together a lot of genre a couple of genres you know namely the mercenary action film along with sci-fi horror and what predator 2 does is to blend this futuristic cop film Again, with sci-fi horror, you have this futuristic cop setting in 1997 Los Angeles. Which, which you, we should point out is seven years after the movie was made, so it was in the future. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's this very near near futuristic looking place that also has this plot with the, 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 uh, the Rastafarian gang and everything, which itself could really be its own movie because even that was kind of gripping. It was, I, you know, yeah, there, there were points where I was actually a little pissed when the Predator showed up, because I wanted to see Harrington and his team take out some Rastafarians and Colombians. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even that, even that was really gripping in terms of action, in terms of action and entertainment. It was, and then you have this, also this really good Predator film in there too, which, like the first one, in my opinion, it blended both of those genres really, really well, and it and it didn't seem out of place to me. I, I, I thought I think Predator Two is a damn fine movie. Alex, your thoughts on Predator Two? I know you haven't seen it in a while, but your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I still love that movie. The only people I've met that hate it are people born after two thousand. Actually, they're like, oh, it's old, but it's the people that don't like eighties, nineties style action. You raise it's an a... interesting point too, because I don't know if I know anyone personally who doesn't like that movie. And see, I'm not sure either. Like I said, all my friends like it. Most uh-huh. people I talk to online on Facebook and whatnot like it. It's just critically, and and by that I even mean just you know like DVDverdict.com and stuff. Everybody craps on the movie. I find this movie guilty. Blah. And now, see, what I like about it is like what you pointed out, Brad. 
it really tried to do something different. It didn't just change the setting. Not mm-hmm. only do you have more characters, you have a diverse, a much more diverse area of characters, plus the fact that, okay, you can kind of see Arnold taking down an alien hunter like this. Mm-hmm. Danny Glover, it's a little bit more of a surprise, you know, and Danny Glover does do it a little bit more with his brain than he does with the brawn. Which was a good way to go with it, too. It was a much more realistic way to go, and I still bought it. And it really does expand on the whole Predator universe. It's not just, okay, we're moving the character to a different you know, setting. It gives you a lot more backstory about the, the Predators. Yeah, it gives you all these little hints, like such as the alien skull in the trophy case. Plus, if you look really closely, they mention it on the commentary, I think, there's a dinosaur skull in there, which implies yeah. that the Predators have been coming to Earth for a long goddamn time and hunting here. Yeah, and raiding that, the museums. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're doing. Yeah, that's how they got <laughs> the skull. Just breaking into our museums, those bastards! Holy crap, they have a caveman. <laughs> <laughs> that's why there's the skull of a security guard in there who looks a little like Ben Stiller. <laughs> But no, it it did that well when Danny Glover goes into the ship at the end and there's all those cool stuff in there. Predator throws them throws them that old gun. That's cool. And that that worked for me cuz it was like, okay, I can buy that. I can buy that the Predator's been around this long and has been doing this for this long because I mean, well, why wouldn't why wouldn't he? I mean, why would that not make sense? Okay, sure. Now, this part, some of this was actually intended to be in the movie. And some of it was just in the novelization, but they mm. actually get far deeper into that. That half of the novelization is told from the Predator's perspective, and you find out things like we they refer to us as Umans, and huh. we are the most dangerous prey in the entire galaxy. You have yeah. to earn your right to hunt on Earth, because you know, you you don't get to go on the big safari your first time out of the gate. There there was also the the implication this was just in They say, the Predators have a different social structure than we do. Females are larger and stronger than males in their culture. So the Predator in the first film was an experienced female hunter. And their idea was the Predator in this movie is an inexperienced, smaller male hunter. I never heard that. Well, that's pretty, I like that. And and that really does kind of allow the perspective change there, doesn't it? When you kind of find that out? Uh Uh-huh. Of course, they're going to have a different social structure. They're aliens. (laughs) Well, and there are also, the writers actually said on the commentary, they could not remember if these scenes were ever shot or if they were just cut out of the script. Do you remember Maria Conchita Alonso's character? She was kind of a very manly cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh And then then it's supposed to be this huge surprise when you find out that she's pregnant, right? And the predator let her live. Because her character's a lesbian, they said there was a deleted subplot where her and Harrington got drunk one night and had sex. So that explains that look on his face when he finds out that she's pregnant, that it's his kid and she's a lesbian too. That adds a whole new depth to their relationship. Interesting, interesting. And this is in the novelization of it? That's in the novelization, and the writers couldn't remember if they actually shot those scenes and cut them, or -hmm. if they were just cut out of the script and never never even shot because the movie was did start to run behind after a while so they were excising script scenes they said like crazy oh okay okay well that's interesting i like that I, yeah that's that's not too bad 
And then it's that kind makes of, a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Could, because his reaction is not like a oh my god she's pregnant. It's like a oh my god she's pregnant. Uh huh. Which means there's a little bit more of a personal agenda in there. And then there were there were other deleted subplots such as the the woman from the first film, the one that escaped with Arnold. Yeah, yeah. She had a whole bunch of scenes filmed. You can even see her name is still in the credits. The actress is still credited, but she doesn't huh. appear anywhere in the movie because all her footage was cut. I did hear about this. This I did know about. And originally, the Peter Keyes character, played by Gary Busey, was written for Dutch. It was written uh-huh. for Arnold Schwarzenegger. He turned it down to do Terminator 2, probably good career move, and then they rewrote it. I actually, I would have been pissed if that was Dutch. Same, the way that, I mean, you have to figure, though, that if it actually was Dutch in there, it wouldn't have been written exactly like how Gary Busey's character was probably written. Right. There probably would have been a few differences there. There other another little bit of trivia, Predator 2 is the first film to ever receive an NC-17. Oh, really? really? It, it, it the NC-17 was a brand new rating at the time and yeah. it, it, it they cut it for an R part contractually obligated Stephen Hopkins had to cut it for an R, but it yeah. was the first film to ever receive an NC-17. And when you look at the final film, you can kind of go this is a gory as hell film. I can it's, actually see that a little bit. I can. When I was a kid and saw that movie, I, I was sitting there like, holy crap, this is this is one of the most violent freaking movies I've ever seen in my life at the time when I was younger. And uh, so, so yeah, oh, yeah. If you had told me that back then, I would have been like, oh, yeah, I could totally buy this freaking thing as an NC-17. And then there, there, were two, there, there are two funny incidents involving Stephen Hopkins with this movie. One, when you listen to the commentary, you can tell it's been a long, long time since he's seen this film. Mm-hmm. Right after the title card comes up and it says Los Angeles 1997, he starts talking about why they set the film in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, it's been a long time since you've seen this, hasn't it, Hopkins? There's a reason why I set this movie in 1973. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one is the Good Morning America incident. It was uh, one of it was the day that they were shooting Reuben Blade's death scene. And spoiler alert, <laughs> oh, shut up. We already talked about Maria Conchita Alonso's pregnancy, so that would be a spoiler too, technically. <laughs> but it was the day that they were shooting his death scene, and they were on. He was talking live to Good Morning America at like 7 a.m. because they were shooting that. Remember, right, right along the sunrise. Stephen Hopkins didn't know he was on live TV. He just saw Reuben Blades talking to a camera. So he goes, get your goddamn ass on set. We're losing the fucking light. <laughs> they, they shot the scene, and Stephen Hopkins said he went right to his trailer and went to bed. He wakes up to about 400 messages on his answering machine from studio executives going, what the hell just happened? And then a <laughs> good morning, America, to let them come on the next day and apologize. <laughs> but look at it this way. Great publicity, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's... Almost, in a way, now you now if that happened today, you'd go, oh, that was totally planned. Oh, if it happened today, be like, damn it, Christian Bale. Damn it, <laughs> Alex Jones, you can't hold your shit for 17 seconds? <laughs> 1776 will return, now get your ass back on set. <laughs> but really, you can't blame him. If they were losing the light, he shouldn't have been dicking around with Good Morning America. Mm-hmm. It's his own I... fault. Yeah. That's what he gets. And then, oh, good for you! <laughs> like we were talking about the, we all love Predator 2, and, okay, we're going to move on to Predators, but 
Robert Rodriguez ha- seems to have a weird feeling about Predator 2. He seems to like the movie. At the same time, he, he considers it a misstep in the franchise. When he was asked what the plot of Predators is going to be, he said, I won't tell you the plot, but we're not going to screw it up the way Predator 2 did. Oh, and this is and after I was going, the excuse al- me? This is after the Alien vs. Predator movies, and he has something against Predator 2? Yeah, and... Okay, here's my problem with Predators. It's it's such an homage to the first film. I actually started getting annoyed in the theater with how many references there were to the first film when I kind of I went, "All right, Rodriguez, I get it. You like the first Predator." You know, it's like this is ridiculous. Every 5 minutes there's a reference or an homage to the first film. I it's get a, it. You like the movie. But Predators, I was actually quite excited for, and I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Having read the script... Except for the 1,000 things I hated about it. Now, here's my list. Yeah. <laughs> now, having read the original... Well, not the original, but ha- having read the script, there was one aspect I'm really irritated that they changed, and that is Lawrence Fishburne's character. Oh, he's Was so he goofy. originally in it longer or something? No, he was originally... They offered the part to Danny Glover that was supposed to be Harrington from Predator 2. Oh. Now, that would have been awesome. That basically uh, yeah. Predators I would have liked said, that. That basically the Predators would have said, this guy beat our guy fair and square. He is good to hunt. Let's let's kidnap him to the, our hunting planet. But Danny Glover turned it down, so they rewrote the character. And even in the script, the rewritten character had been there since Vietnam. And I, th- I thought that was cool, that he'd survived for a good 30 years at that point. Because he, he has a line in the script where he asks them, is the war still going on? And they go, Afghanistan or Iraq? And he goes, uh, Nam? And I'm like, that's just a great implication right there. But uh-huh. then they changed the character that he's only been there like four or five years. It's like, mm. Sure, I mean, it would have been cooler if he'd been there since like Vietnam, but still, so he's only been there for like four or five years. That doesn't make me be like, what? Now it's a terrible movie. Well, um, no. So what did you think of Predators? Oh, I actually really like Predators. I don't like it as much as the other two. I think the other two are better. But uh, but I did like it. I, I liked it quite a bit, actually. I found it really entertaining. I thought it was a little anticlimactic when it first showed the Predator. But but uh, but so I mean, yeah, there there were certainly there were certainly some there was certainly some a, a couple of missteps to it. But overall, overall, I quite enjoyed the movie. And honestly, I with the stuff in the movie that was homaging the other film. Now, normally, normally that kind of thing can can be kind of annoying. So I, I, I know what you mean when you say you got annoyed by it in this film, because I've seen a lot of movies that do stuff like that, and it does kind of take me out of the movie. With Predators, it didn't. With, with Predators, it really didn't. And I think that the difference is that maybe it could have been... maybe. Well, obviously, I think that Predators did it better, because when Predators was doing stuff that was... That was certainly an homage to the first one. It still did work in context to everything that was going on. It did still seem like something that these characters would say or do while not taking away from how these characters are written. And also, whenever something like that did happen, it did come from the sense that it is being made by somebody who really, really does love this franchise, who really does love these movies. So it certainly did seem like a love letter to the first one and also to 80s action in general. And I think that that's the difference in something like Predators versus like 
a horror movie remake that throws in a scene from the first that throws in a, a remake of a scene from the original film just because it's the scene from the original film and they're being cute even though they're just making this movie because they're being hired to make it because they want to make some fast cash that's the difference between predators and something like that now it easily still could have been gone south but i think that that's largely part of why it really didn't bother me in predators i thought they handled that well i liked the samurai sword fight with the predator i liked that the little richard song was booming on the ending credits all that stuff i liked it it made me smile and it, it and i thought they did it well alex your thoughts on predator since you just saw it recently Yes, I totally enjoyed that movie. My um, my worry going into it was that it would be uh like just some tossed out sequel to try and make money, but it was clearly made by people who had a love for the franchise and were dedicated to making a good entry to the story. That's what they did. It's quite an enjoyable movie. I love the the concept of the alien hunting preserve that they Me all too. wake up on. Well, and then there are also little things that. I, I wish it kind of been that they hadn't a tinkered with in post-production because there, there are some lines and there's one of them glimpsed in the trailer. So I know they shot this line. It's not just in the script. You get the heavy, heavy implication that this planet is exactly like Earth was millions of years ago, just without dinosaurs by that, like that one ultra poisonous plant that they find being exactly like one on Earth that the predators have found another basically Earth type planet at the beginning of its gestation. Remember that that creature with all the cockroaches all over it that Lawrence Fishburne ends up killing in his first scene? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was originally supposed to be a Xeno from the Aliens franchise, and it was shot as such. And then Aliens vs. Predator Requiem came out, everybody hated it, so 20th Century Fox said, get rid of every goddamn reference to Aliens out of this movie. I'm I'm glad that they cut the alien yeah. out of the movie. I'm I have no problem with them cutting the alien out of the movie. The thing that did bug me with Predators was the everything having to do with Topher Grace's character. Uh, I mean, I liked the character and he did a good job playing him. It irritated me that nobody knew that he was a killer. Yeah, it it was telegraphed to the audience pretty goddamn early. I mean, it, yeah, because it's, it's told, you know, okay, they are all killers, but you have this wimpy little doctor guy. Oh, obviously he is a killer. And it made me mad that the movie still presented it as a, ooh, surprise twist. It was, yeah, that was, I, I, I've talked to a lot of people who that's pretty much their least favorite thing about the movie, is that Topher Grace turns out to be a serial killer in it. It didn't bother me so much, and it's, and it's not... It's not because I thought it was especially a good twist or something that was really even necessary. I mean, it was interesting. It was interesting to throw that yeah, in there. It, it, it was. was. Having it be a twist was unnecessary. It, overall, it didn't bother me so much because I thought he did a really good job. Yeah, Topher Grace did a great job in that. And then there was one other thing that struck me as weird. Right before they started shooting the movie, I, the actor's name escapes me right now, but the actor that played Oleg, the big Russian guy... He was on Fangoria Radio, and they were asking him what he could tell them about shooting starting next week. And he said he plays a space marine that crashes on the Predator homeworld. And I'm going, there's nothing whatsoever like that in the film. Did he have a different script, or was he screwing with us? Whatever. How does that take away from the enjoyment of the movie? It doesn't, but that makes me wonder, 
originally did this take place in the future with like colonial marines or something like that because i think that would have been cool too he probably just he I, he he might he easily could have just said that because maybe they didn't want him to say what the actual plot of the movie was yeah, yeah. but I'm, and and then there's the original ending which i've talked about on this show before where arnold was supposed to come back wearing predator armor at the end that basically if you survive the hunting preserve you get to become a predator, and his final line is, let's get you kids armored up. I'm glad that wasn't in there. Yeah, that would have pissed me off if that had been put in. The- and, and one of the things I like about that movie is the ending, honestly. Uh, I mean, there's a lot I like about that movie, but one of them is definitely the ending. It was not a cheap, it was not a cheap cop-out of an ending. It wasn't. No. It, it was not like, okay, they've... They've killed the predators, and now somehow they magically end up back on Earth at the end. It it, it did not go for like a, a little cheap happy ending yeah, like that. They're still it stuck was, there with more canisters falling. Yeah, they're still fucking stuck there. And his last line, which is "Let's get the hell off this planet" or something like that, that was good. That was that was really really good. I I really enjoyed how they handled the ending to that. I kind of get the impression that they're going to become Lawrence Fishburne's character over time. And, and I also like the fact that they never even attempt to explain the crashed alien spaceship that Lawrence Fishburne is living in. I like the fact that they don't even bother to explain that. It's just there. Okay. Yeah, because it would be... Uh, yeah, because like, it would be just sort of awkward exposition if it was explained. <laughs> yeah, well, because initially Alex missed the line where he's like, uh, you know, why doesn't the ship take off? And and Lawrence Fishburne has that line, ship's dead, power source isn't. There was always, I remember there was a couple of things in the trailer that didn't end up in the, at least in the cut of the movie I saw. Oh, oh, the tri-lasers on Adrian Brody's face? Exactly. And uh, I don't know if there's a difference in cuts between the DVD and the theatrical. I've only seen I've only seen the version that was in theaters. I, I don't know if there's a difference. no. They're they're, they're they're abs- they're the same movie. They're the same movie. Okay, okay. But yeah, I I really in the trailers because that that shot was all over the trailers with all the lasers on Adrian Brody. Which, by the way, I thought Adrian Brody was really good in the movie. Yeah, um, I I was initially against it when I heard because like, Adrian Brody is not the kind of guy you expect to be a tough mercenary but good god did he pull it off he brought it man i thought he pulled it off nicely with the look and the voice and everything but anyway that always annoys me when uh you have a scene that's very very prominent in all the trailers and it's not in the movie because when it's not there where you obviously see that it was supposed to be it takes you out of the film yeah because Um, you start going "Whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute that scene was massively different in the last three months of advertising and that was a cool shot, too, with all those lasers on Adrian Brody. I was disappointed that they cut that out. And that does annoy me when stuff like that, when stuff like that happens, when it's that prominently in trailers and it's just not, not in the movie. It completely, takes you, it completely takes you out of it. Well, interestingly, I just found out that the Yakuza character, the character's name is Hattori Hanzo. Nice. <laughs> I don't think it's ever said on, on camera, though. No, I'm just looking at a cast list for it. I'm like, Hattori Hanzo, huh? Well, and then (laughs) another marketing thing about this movie that bugged the hell out of me is, okay, I brought up the novelization of Predator 2. You don't need to read that to understand Predator 2. Just if you do, it gives Predator 2 a deeper meaning. 
yeah, yeah. yeah. You, 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 you do kind of need that with Predators, though, because I didn't know who these two different clans were or why right. they were fighting. All, all of that stuff about the two Predator clans, they actually handed out a little thing at the theater with, like, an eight-page preview by the Dark Horse comic book that explains this. And I'm going, no, 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 I shouldn't have to go and buy your comic book to understand this subplot of the movie. That should be up there on the screen. I was not confused by any of that in the movie. Well, I mean, I got that, okay, this is what's happening. You know, it Uh didn't take me out of the movie. You didn't know why, how it started, you know, how long, you know, there was more I wanted to know about it, and I shouldn't have to go buy your comic books I to get that plot line. Well, yeah, but at the same time, how is that possibly going to be explained in the movie? And yeah, because they don't speak. Not, but... They don't speak English. Yeah, it's just it's just something that that bugged me. I and also that... I also did like the Predator working with Ari- the original Predator working with Adrian Brody. I thought that yeah. was kind of cool with them not being able to talk to each other, but both understanding what the other one was doing. Yeah, and I liked watching Predator fight Predator. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too, me too. And then Predators was not really that big of a hit. It wasn't a flop, but it wasn't a hit. So I don't know if we're going to get a Predator 4 or not. We will. It'll just be a number of years. Because unfortunately, unfortunately, the only other two Predator movies, and we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on them, Alien vs. Predator and Alien vs. Predator Requiem. They're (laughs) both god-awful, and I actually like the first film a lot more than I like the second one. Oh, I'll I'll agree with you there. I don't like the first film, but I don't hate it as much as Requiem. And I saw Aliens vs. Predator in the theater, and I thought, I can kind of see what they were going for. Paul Anderson did totally f*** it up. They're not good. They aren't. And here's uh, the fact of making an Alien vs. Predator movie and having it be a PG-13 is so morally corrupt and insulting and a slap in the face on so many levels it's just hard to even fathom that that even exists now with that being said they still managed to make the second one alien versus predator requiem which wasn't R, worse yes which is kind of a feat when you get down to it because i kind of went into the requiem going well it can't be as bad as the first one i went out going it was well, i was wrong at least the first one, I could tell what was going on. The second one is so physically dark yeah. that you can't tell. And and the way I put it in my initial review when I first got out of the theater was, why didn't they just make cardboard cutouts of people and let the aliens kill those? Those would have had more personality than the actors in this movie. And there were so many characters like that in, that, in, in Alien vs. Predator Requiem. There were... The movie, what, it's like 80 minutes, and the first 45 minutes is setting up like 20 characters. And, Brad, like we, like you pointed out how the, all the references and Predators to the first film didn't bother you. Okay, mm-hmm. ma- maybe it just bothered me, but it, we'll, we'll put that on the record that Predators did that right. Alien vs. Predator is jam-packed with those same types of references, all in the wrong way. In the oh, wrong like, way, because it's it's not made by somebody like Robert Rodriguez, who has an appreciation for that series. Yeah, I really it, do like Robert Rodriguez. I think he's a fine filmmaker, even if I don't like all his movies. Mm-hmm. The, Str- the brother Strauss? Like with, oh, Alien versus Predator, when she has that line of, you're an ugly mother. Yeah. Yeah, but they, you know, 
to get the PG-13. They have some sound effect over the last half of that line. So and it's like they can't even pay homage properly. Mm-hmm. And what what the what it really comes down to for the second one and the first one for both AVP movies is they there is no respect there. For one thing, as a huge fan of both franchises, all of the things they got wrong in those movies really bothered me. Such as like we talked about last week, the alien life cycle when when Kane gets face hugged, you know, it's on there for days and almost another 24 hours before the chest burster. In uh-huh. this, you get face hugged and it's on you for 15 minutes and it pops out an hour later. Uh-huh. And you're going, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just jump the alien life cycle up by like 100%? The thing with the Alien versus Predator movies, the way I think of them, though, is that they're just fan service. They're not a part of either continuity. It's the same thing with Freddy versus Jason. It's fan service. You don't really count it as being a part of either franchise. At the same time, it's it's not... Well, I mean, obviously, it's not good. Fa- it's not good fan service. Oh, in that yeah, it's, it's, it's just simply not a good movie. But it's not even the right kind of fan service because it isn't made. It, it's made by people who they don't care what the fans actually think of those movies. They just care that they've put made a movie that has aliens in it, that has a predator in it, and that's it. And they just know that people are going to pay money to go see that. That's it they know that it's going to piss people off and you cannot be a fan of those franchises and make a movie like that and release it as a pg-13 and be a fan of those movies you can't because you 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 have to you have to be the stupidest person in the world to not know that that's going to infuriate all of the actual fans of these franchises Oh, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They did know that. They there's no way they could possibly not know that. That that would that that is clearly going to be a slap in the face to the people who you were supposedly making these movies for. Even though you're not, you're just making it so people will just throw down money to go see it, and you don't care what they actually freaking think of it. And the and, film was in development hell for years. Because the comic book was actually, again, the Aliens vs. Predator comics are really goddamn good. That Which brings me to my next point. The Alien and Predator and Alien vs. Predator video games. They're good. All yeah, of the like Alien vs. Predator video games? Why yeah. is it that they have a better story with more realistic characters in the video game than the goddamn movies do? The one on the Jaguar wasn't that good, though. It was not bad for its time. It's only I... bad in retrospect. I never, I, the Jaguar one I didn't play. <laughs> the, the one that came out a couple of years ago on the Xbox and the PS3, it's got a really good story. And I go, make that into a movie, goddammit. Well, that's really weird to me, because Paul W.S. Anderson usually does a great job of doing video game movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how hard was it for you to say that with a straight face? <laughs> Were you choking it back the whole time? No, I'm a joke maker. I tell jokes. Ah, yes. Because <laughs> to me, the aliens, the Alien versus Predator movies did more damage to both franchises than I think they ever could have intentionally done. If they had set out to said to say we want to sink two franchises simultaneously, I don't think they could have done it worse if mm. that was their intention. Yeah, I agree. Because those films are god awful and i still get people trying to defend the aliens versus predator movies to me and i'm just like look who you're talking to you're never going to get me 
to go fall on your side for this. Not for they this. Even, you know, they don't even pass the simple... Here's the thing. They don't even pass the simple task of being in any way, shape, or form entertaining. They're, they're, they're not. They're grating. Yeah, they're not even good on their own. If if there were no Predator or Alien franchises and just those movies, they would still suck. Yeah. yeah and then that's part of the problem. I don't know. If there is a third one, because there, there has been talks... They are uh-huh. in talks for a third one, a third Alien versus Predator. You got to give it to somebody like Rodriguez, somebody that yeah. respects the franchise. You have to. You can't didn't give it sec- to a Paul Anderson or a Brother Strauss. Didn't the second one not do that well? The second one was a disaster. The second one only had a $14 million budget, which for an Alien or Predator movie is low. Yeah. And it still didn't make back its money. Yeah, that one came and went through theaters so fast, I thought it was direct-to-video. I remember my theater here, I almost missed seeing it, because it was only here for two weeks. Yeah, I, I didn't see it in theaters. I, I When it hit video, uh, I, w- I was working at the video store at the time, so I rented it and took it home. It didn't cost me anything. But so that, that's when I saw it. I, 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 didn't, I didn't see it in the theater. So, yeah, to me, I love the Alien movies, I love the Predator movies, and I want these two franchises, in movies anyway, to kind of stay separate. Yeah, these two I agree. These two do not go together in movies where the comic books they do. The mm-hmm. comics are great. If you want to see good Alien and Predator crossovers, get the comic books, not the movies. Well, they could work as a movie, you know, like you said, if it was good source material from somebody that cared about the franchise, I'm sure they could make a good Alien vs. Predator movie. Well, and see, the brother Strauss made every excuse in the book why that why Requiem sucked. Oh, you know, 20th Century Fox was handcuffing us with this, and we couldn't afford to do this. It's, no, you're bad filmmakers. That camera yeah, I saw never their, stops I saw their... moving. And the lighting is horrendous in that movie. That I is s- an artistic choice, not 20th Century Fox handcuffing you. I saw their follow-up movie, and it sucked, too. Yeah, after Skyline, I don't believe that the Brothers Strauss were handcuffed by 20th Century Fox. Uh-huh. I believe they're just inept filmmakers. Skyline was really bad. <laughs> so on, on that note, we're going to have to say goodbye. So, Alex Jowski, people can find you... At geekjuicemedia.com. Brad Jones, people can find you. TheCinemasnob.com. And you can find me at 1201beyond at gmail.com since my website's been hacked off the offline again. I will eventually, hopefully, get that dealt with. I don't know if it's the Vietnamese this time or not, but we'll get that dealt with. Yeah, damn it, Charlie. On that note, good night.
Where there's no place to hide. 